0: podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network.
1: Hello and welcome to the Leads Up Podcast. I'm James and I'm with Rocco, Dara Cunningham. The podcast is proudly sponsored by Bass & Bly, based in Harrogate. Independent photographic dealership with over 60 years of history doesn't say experience, just history. <laughs> I think we had this last week, didn't we? And they specialise in cameras, binoculars and spotting scopes. And uh, yeah, brands in particular, Canon, Fuji, Nikon and Sony, Rocco. You forgot Swarovski. Is that right? Or are they oh, binoculars? That, yeah, yeah, that. No, yeah, that, you're right. Swarovsky binoculars, the very best. The same as the crystal makers. So, well, it's the same company that makes the crystals. But years ago, I went on a trip with Justin to Sferovsky land and uh, saw them being made. And it was, it was amazing. Very good place. I used to work with Justin many, many moons ago. And uh, yeah, it was, it was fantastic. Went out to Innsbruck at their factory and all the apprentices that make the Swarovski binoculars, they have to make a cuckoo clock. So in the factory, there's like a wall full of cuckoo clocks that they make in the first year. Mm -hmm. A little fact for you.
2: Well, James, maybe leading on to that. Maybe, uh, do not confirm or deny, but were you ever outside Derby County's training ground on behalf of (laughs) one Mr. Bielsa by any chance?
1: Yeah, his, his, his payments were pretty low considering he was the most paid, the highest paid manager in the championship.
2: That was a package. That was a package for all of stuff.
1: <laughs> yeah, Rocco, tell us, tell us something about Bass and Bly very quickly. <laughs>
0: you can get your photos developed there and chat about leads. and there's cameras hanging from the
1: ceiling as well. <clears throat> it's very true. And uh, segue into proper podcast stuff. I went into Bass and Bly at the weekend and I saw Justin and he called me out for uh, for. Singing too much praise towards Jed Spence. That's, mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's been a not a funny story, but a story this week. What what are your thoughts around that, Rocco? You've you highlighted this on the Leeds that website a couple of times in the same article, saying that Park has been hinting at some unrest. You s- still think that's the case? Well, yeah, I mean that's factual. Yeah, twice this
0: season he's singled Spence out as uh, yeah having motivational issues. The first one he said about him like needing, yeah, I can't remember what he said really, but, you know, need, he, you know, he needs people to, to get him going in training. And then, yeah, a month ago, he was talking about ailing and saying how important he is for players like Jed Spence, you know, to, to make sure that they're on it in training and, you know, keeping the lads hundred percent focused, but yeah, like singled out Spence. So yeah, maybe the writing was on the wall, you know, when you look back, he's only ever used him when he's really needed to, but disappointing because yeah, you know, I, I, thought he looked like he could be a, a massive asset at right back but at the end of the day yeah what what are we actually losing out on like he's not really contributed this season whatsoever so I'm I'm not I'm not bothered in far can we trust
2: I'd echo, I'd echo that when you look at it from the outside you have to be only disappointed because he clearly is a fantastic athlete he's quick he's got the skills he's not even he's not bad defensively and certainly the player he was a forest would have added a lot to our our team this season but that's not the Jed Spence we saw barring a 10-minute a cameo at a Sheffield Wednesday, where, in fact, he actually saved a goal because of his, his pace. But I think at the end of the day, I have to trust in Farka. And if Farka's, Farka's idea is that he's not contributing enough and he's not the right attitude and he's not putting it in, then I've no problem letting him go. He's on loan. That's what, that's what it's there for. In fact, I think my brother, kind of, my brother Shea, kind of nailed it on Twitter when he said that when Fark had to go on to the pitch to explain to a 25-year-old professional defender the importance of tracking back, it should have been a red flag to all of us. And when you think back at it, you, you kind of go, yeah, that, that's probably about right. So, oh well, good luck to him. I think it's probably very telling as well. The Spurs have put him up for sale immediately uh, afterwards. I mean, they clearly just don't want him around the club. And ironically, when I heard that, I thought, well, thank God Victor Orta isn't here because if Orta was here, guaranteed we would have an obligation to buy him as part of that, as part of the loan deal. That's probably
1: yeah. very true. And uh, yeah, Robert's going to come on to the Peterborough game as well. And you you touched on Ailing there and and Dara, I know we're we're dead keen to do a full episode on Ailing at some point, a full on tribute. Let's hope it's not a, it's not if he leaves that we have to do that, but I I still think we'll do that regardless. So yeah, do you want to cover off some things that have happened in the week? Rocco, your dad, David Dean, writing for the Leeds That podcast website, did actually write that the, the FA Cup magic is back and he is right. It was good today. I really enjoyed it. Everything that I saw anyway, I was, I was mid New Year's Eve party because of illnesses over Christmas, so I was dipping in and out of it, but the magic feels like it's another away game in the third round.
0: Well, yeah, we needed the magic of the FA Cup to actually win a tie, didn't we? So that's, that's nice. Yeah. I didn't know. I didn't, I mean, I didn't agree with him. You know, he's saying that, you know, he's like excited about the FA Cup again and, you know, he noticed that teams are playing, playing full teams and, you know, not playing reserve teams anymore. Which I think is the case, actually, because Liverpool and Arsenal this evening, they, they were both going at it full throttle. So maybe he's got a point. Maybe he's right. What do you think, Dara?
2: Yeah, I enjoyed the read. Actually, I saw it come up with notifications this morning and I liked it. Well, I purposely didn't retweet it because I wanted to read it and then say something really clever afterwards. But then my kids started <laughs> pulling out me and I didn't end up reading it <laughs> until about three hours ago. Really good read, and I think he's right. I think, for me, the Magic of the FA Cup, maybe it started a little bit last season. We had a very, very short cup run, and it just felt kind of good, and it felt interesting. But my, my, it, this season, my interest has been peaked very much in the, in the FA Cup. But I do think, I think your dad nailed it, actually. What, what did he say? It was, it's been a slow burn of decline, but a rapid increase in interest or something along those lines. Mm-hmm. And I thought, he's spot on there. Absolutely spot on. But then he also said that Ailing Cresswell Nonto, no no no, no Somerville and Ruchay were all going to start, and I thought, yeah. well, you can't be right
1: all the time. <laughs> Touching on that, when you saw the starting lineup, were you surprised that Gelhart and Charlie Cresswell weren't in and around the team? No, Gelhart.
0: I think he said that he was injured. So, Is he yeah, injured? I expecting... Well, Cresswell's definitely not injured. That's for sure. <laughs> Don't know about Gelhart. Maybe maybe he's not. Maybe I've got that wrong. I'm sure he said he had. A... I think it was before the last game. He said Gellhart was injured. And uh, yeah, Cresswell's off, obviously. No two ways about it. So disappointing. So we're going to lose Cresswell and probably Ayling in January, I reckon. That's what it's looking like. So we will be very, very thin on the ground. People are going to be panicking.
1: We can play with three at the back, though. It'll be fine.
2: I think sentimentally, that's actually a really tough one for us to take because Luke Ailing is obviously leads true and true and has got incredible memories across eight years. And Cresswell. I've never seen anyone sing Marching On Together before a match the way he sings it. You know, he, he sings it <laughs> from the heart. And uh, I think we all were rooting that he would do really well in a lead shirt and, and maybe go out to captain us for years to come. So if he does go, which I think looks like the probably the best thing for him at this stage, if he's not even getting a, a look in an FA Cup game, I think we'd all wish him all the best. I think he's going to have a very good career one way or another. It's
1: a weird I hope one, it's though. could it? be it's alone not. still. It could be. But the whole thing's a bit weird, really, when you think about it, because he's only just signed a new deal, really. And you think, well, is that, does this come into kind of financial things with the club and having to, you know, try and move things on for financial fair play or whatever it's called these days? Who knows? It'll it'll all come out in the wash at some point, I imagine. I think he's only played once this season at Birmingham
0: and I thought he played really well. And then the next game, Rodon obviously came into the team because we'd signed him. And yeah, I mean, at that point, I was hoping that Cresswell would keep his place and Stroy could drop out and it didn't happen. And then it's just, yeah, it's funny. I don't know. Like, yeah, Farker, it just feels like he do not fancy him because, yeah, to me, especially because Cooper's, you know, he, he has been a bit hit and miss. He's been a bit unreliable even in the last game. You know, there was there was issues. So, I don't know. I'd have liked to think that if Cresswell was showing it in training, that he'd have been given an opportunity to to show what he can do and he's just not had a sniff whatsoever, has he?
2: Although hasn't Farkas sing- singled him out in a game for praise that he didn't play in for his attitude and, and his contribution for the team as a whole. So it yeah. seems, to be, seems to be no issue with his attitude and his, his application in training. So th- for me, that's an absolute mystery because he's clearly a good player and did very well at Millwall last season. I, I, I would hope it's alone. I'd love to see I'd love to see him given a, a proper chance at Leeds. I'd love to see six, seven, eight, ten games of a run from Cresswell because I do think he's going to be a, a really good centre back and I'd love that to be at Leeds it's
1: good to see that Clarsen's kept another clean sheet Melier is that these two games in now isn't he I suppose for his ban
2: no it's about yeah, three it's not
0: over it's only to so what so Cardiff he's going to be missing
2: yes, that's, yeah, his ban is up Clarsen has played two, and Carl Darlow is oh, oh Darlow yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah
1: so yeah it'd be interesting to see if Melier comes straight back in I would have thought so, but it's been good to have and coming on. I saw uh, someone plucking out. I don't know if it was a random account just plucking out his, his hairdo as like one of the f- the flashiest in the in the FA Cup today. Like, it's pretty wild. is it like is it a mullet? I don't really know. I think it is. Yeah, I compared it to
0: Santiago. Can- is it Santiago Canizares who played for Valencia back in the day? A lot of people probably weren't born back then, but uh, yeah, played at Ellen Road in the semi final of the Champions League. Reminds me of him. He's not had to, has he made a, he's, well, he didn't make a save today, I don't think. He's spilt a spinny deflected cross, which wasn't mm. very, yeah, didn't in, inspire me with much confidence, but he's done all
2: right, hasn't he?
1: Can't complain. I reckon you should bleach your hair and go for a mullet rocker.
2: Yeah, you're a now, practically. <laughs> Away yeah, with no, it, no. yeah. <laughs> On Classon though, there's a, there a few people ringing in to West Yorkshire Sport and saying that he, he needs to keep his place. And- I have to, I suppose, just take a bit of a reality check. I mean, in what world does a third-choice keeper come in, keep two clean sheets against two, let's say, lower league oppositions because Birmingham were no championship side when they came to us. He, he made one save, he looked well, he looked competent. Fair play to the lad, but I know Melier has to come straight back in and that's that's the peck in order, that's the way the world. has perhaps proved that he's more than capable of being the number two now and future, but I don't think in any other team, you, you yeah, you end up with your third choice keeper as first choice just for keeping a couple of clean sheets against very poor opposition. Yeah. Melier has been robbed of two clean sheets there,
1: hasn't he? I think the the great thing about Clarkson is he's he's slotted in quite nicely when you think that's a lot of pressure to be under when your first and second choice have are out for various reasons. But today he he was a part of that unit. I did see the first half, thankfully. And we were passing it around really well. Possession was really high. We were doing doing things as we should, like, you know, previously when we played in the FA Cup, we've really struggled to get a hold of the game in third round ties. And we just had a hold of it. And we, thought we looked composed and I know Peterborough's sort of getting their chances here and there, but they never really looked like getting into the tie. And I think we won the, the free kick on the edge of the box and it was swung into Bamford and you two were blaming Bamford in the chat, saying, <laughs> that, saying that it was a bad touch. That, that he brought down for Ampadu. Do you think you disagree? And you, you were very quiet, actually. Well, I had this bloody New Year's Eve party, didn't I? <laughs>
2: <laughs> life got in the way.
1: <laughs> yeah, life got in the way. But it was funny because when, when I saw it, your messages, I thought, yeah, it probably was a bad touch, wasn't it? But then uh, the main talking point of the game that we'll come on to, which wasn't the fact that Farker was wearing a different coloured jacket, although that could have easily been the, the main talking point green, not black. Who knew White he had? Jacket, yeah. yeah, Who who knew he had other colours that he could go to? But yeah, it was a good goal. Ampadu scored. I got the message from Adam, the guy I sit next to at Helen Road, and there's this ongoing thing because of Don Goodman saying that he's prolific in front of goal in the fact that he scored like one career goal goal up until that <laughs> point. So every time he like has a shot ever, I get a message from Adam saying
2: prolific. So it was great,
1: great, great to see him score today. It was very tough for him to get the first League United goal
2: very ironic that he, he scored his first goal by, as a centre-back. I mean, he's been playing obviously higher up the pitch for all season and he plays one game as centre-back and scores a brace. But yeah, no, for, for me, I did think that Bamford was trying to control that for himself. Um, and then as so Rocco Truett in the group, we, we both agreed, yeah, definitely trying to control that for himself. Although his chest control did improve a little later, but I'm sure we'll come on to that.
0: Yeah, it was the way he's like, his legs started to, he, he's, he's, when he came off his chest, he tried to shake to shoot. I'm sure he did and then realised it got away from him. But yeah, do not matter. Go, goes in his column, doesn't it?
2: You know what else I, is I think worth to mention, he deserves it? Sorry, Rob, you know what else is worth mentioning is the, the move that led up to our free kick was fantastic. I was hoping we'd actually score from that. If you remember, they, they were on our left side and they went to do a little chip ball into the box. Archie Gray cuts it out. He plays a one-two with someone on the left-hand side. Ball goes through to up the Bamford. And then on the right-hand side. Baffer is back to him. He swings around, plays at Nanto. Nanto takes on about three of them and they end up dragging him down just from front of the box. Like That would have been goal of the season for that time because we now know what the goal of the season is. It really is. That move was absolutely brilliant. and Archie Gray just looked like a Rolls-Royce in that midfield. But particularly for that move, it was class.
1: Yeah, Archie Gray was fantastic today. He was unlucky not to score. I think he was just sort of pummeling his shots directly at the keeper rather than picking out a corner but it felt like he was going to score at one point point. and just to touch on Bamford as well there was a point in that half where he, he sort of took a, a touch inside the box and then sort of stuttered in his shot and he just didn't look composed and you just thought oh like this is what this is what frustrates everyone about Bamford it's like he does some great running and he looks like a brilliant professional footballer at times when he's sort of running off the ball and he's doing all the intricate kind of build-up play and then he does stuff like that and you just think, oh but is there anything else to pluck out from the the first half before we just jump straight into into that? Yes, definitely.
0: Go Wilfred Nyonto and his bloody diving. Mm. I don't think that was a penalty. I really don't. I know there'll be people listening to this thinking like they'll be pulling their hair out. But that, like, well, for starters, Italians. If you'd have wanted, if you'd have wanted to get out of the way of the defender and score he would have done. Like, he's, throw, he's jumped into the defender there 100%. And you could say it's a penalty because the, the defender stuck his leg out. But just try and score. Like, we had it last week. And then even the week before, that was the West Brom thing, which, you know, I think he was pulled down. But it just infuriates me. Beat the defender, had the momentum, just sidestep him. And you're cl- cleaning on goal. And he's just completely consumed with trying to win a penalty. And very, very lucky not to get sent off, you know, with, with the ref not giving it. Like, why is he not giving him a red card? So, you know, second yellow. So yeah, it annoys me. I want Farker to, yeah, wipe that out of his game ASAP.
2: Yeah, I, I have to say, I think it's part of a wider spectrum of bad decisions that he's making lately. There was another one that just kind of typified it where Classen sent him free up the right wing from a corner, I think. And the guy was letting the ball run and he could just tell, just don't foul him, don't foul him. And of course he fouled him. And I think Nantes at the moment seems to be one of these people who is doing the very predictable thing of fouling players when you think he's going to foul them, making passes that are just behind a player instead of just in front of him. And for that one, I've seen it a few times now and I do think maybe it was a penalty, but my initial thought was absolutely no penalty. He threw himself into the defender. Defender stuck his leg out, but he threw himself into it. As you say, Rocco, I think if he just tries to go around him and get a shot off, maybe he still gets it. And the chance is there. And he has a, and maybe it's a proper penalty. But what was he thinking? Just go around the guy and shoot. Uh, if we look at Root this season, like he he stopped going down after two or three games, and now he mm. just stays on his feet all the time. He still gets the free kicks. You know, like you don't absolutely have to go down to get the get the free kick or get the penalty. But the chance was there to score a goal, and I think he just made the wrong decision and slinging himself into the defender.
0: I think he worked very hard, though. I'll give him that. He was running his ass off for ninety minutes, so that's good.
2: Yeah, and he looked better. He looked more direct, didn't he? He was kind of running at people and stuff. And um, I could cross him for Bamford, actually, for, a, for that header in the first couple of yeah. minutes as well. Which, again, we've missed. We have in Peru and Ruter up front. That, that's someone in the in the, six, in the middle of the six-year box to, to, to ping a header. So, no, he look, he look good. But some of his decision-making at times, he kind of reminded that he is still a young man who's had a big purple patch.
1: So, moving on to the moment, I've got it on our screen so we can watch it back together if it is working. I think it oh, is. It's, isn't it's it?
2: ingrained into my memory, to be quite honest.
1: Who <laughs> plays that? Who who plays the ball over the top? Bamford. Um, um, he returns it. the favour. Yeah. Just just ridiculous. Like great, great ball. I mean, Bamford gets a little. I say lucky. He he said that he didn't realize the defender slipped over. He said if he had a slipped over, he would have taken a touch and ran at the keeper. But he just thought he'd, he'd hit it. And what what a shot! What a goal!
2: Well, if, yeah. if you want, I like, could talk you through it. Like, Ampadu hits the ball up, Patrick Yeboah takes it on his <laughs> chest, turns, and boom, top corner. And that's, that's the only way to describe it. It's, that's a Patrick Yeboah goal. Unbelievable.
0: I've got to disagree, you know. So I've seen, like, <laughs> Yeboah, and then there's been Van Basten. But it was James Rodriguez all day long in the, the World Cup. Uh, which I think won the, uh, is it the Puskas Award? Is that what they call it? Like, like the best goal of the year. Bamez Rodriguez. <laughs> yeah. Is it? Yeah, just uh, very similar to that. Just didn't, didn't need the crossbar this time. Just a like jaw-dropping incredible goal. He has scored some belters for us. He really has. Like the Leicester goal, Villa, post in lockdown and uh, uh, Preston away from home. We powered one in from 25 yards, but... Yeah, that's completely different classes not it to take it mid-air like that and then almost in one movement smash it into the
1: top corner. Lovely stuff. I think the great thing about a goal like that is as soon as it goes in, you feel the reset button like pressed where, you know, all the kind of the swamp of vibes that have been going around between Leeds fans and Bamford and is he going to cup his ear to the fans? if he scores a goal, because he's clearly been frustrated. Like he, when he came on, when he made that appearance the other week at Elm Road and he quickly went down the tunnel at the end of the match. We sort of skimmed over it in the podcast. Because we didn't want to say too much about it. He was clearly annoyed. And this is the sort of thing that just sort of levels everything again where it's like, okay, so there's major credit in the bank. Everyone's experienced this this moment and hopefully we can kind of just all move on now and it all be positive. And he needs that. and I think we need it too.
2: Yeah, it was an uh, unbelievable goal. Unbelievable. Oh, oh, here we go. Here we go, (laughs) Rocco. Here he he comes, captain. Well, it's it's wishful thinking, isn't it? Because
0: like, as soon as he misses a chance, even if it's not a sitter, like in the next game, if he doesn't score, people are going to be on his back regardless. Like he maybe bought himself one or two weeks, yeah. knowing Leeds fans and and what we're like, and football fans in general. Yeah, yeah, but he had no no weeks before that. (laughs) Well, that's true. So yeah, all good. And
1: maybe he'll just keep scoring every week. That'd be amazing, wouldn't it? I think they've cut Nyonto off on the the highlights of that, but Dara, you said the uh, Nyonto was one to look at.
2: Yeah, if you haven't seen it, he puts his two hands on his head and it's just his jaws on the ground and he's just like, "What <laughs> that just happened? Like, oh my god!" He's like two hands on his head, completely can't believe what he's just seen from Patrick Yaboa because Hamza Rodriguez never played for Leeds, so <laughs> <laughs> there's a good yeah, picture of
0: Archie as well. The the club tweeted a picture of Archie with it sounds like exactly the same look on his face as Nanto must have had Yeah, looking at Bamford in all. it really sp- is a
2: special moment it really was I think he deserved it as well I mean that crap he gets on social media like we yeah. all know in the stadium he's been supported fantastically well probably you know more than he's deserved at times compared for, for some of his performances and the outputs certainly this season I was ready to write him off coming on as a sub he was, he, every time he tried to control the ball it was bouncing up over his head it wasn't even close but It was since he started that game last week and then this week, he's just been, he's been fantastic. Not flawless, but certainly not, not a player I'd be looking to get rid of in in January now, which I I was in favour of a couple of weeks ago.
1: In the post-match, there was an interview with Bryn Law and Bryn Law just cut straight to it to talk about the goal. And Patrick's like basically just saying, oh, well, you know, it's, it's just a, it's just another goal, that sort of thing. And like really plays it down. It's like as if that's how he actually feels. Like he's like he's definitely he's definitely when he gets home, swinging the door open, chucking his hold all on, laying down on the settee. He's doing nothing tonight. He, I tell
2: you what he is doing, he's, he's retweeting it or re Instagramming it from everybody who's showed it because obviously yeah, on yeah. his Instagram he's got about fifteen versions of it on yeah. his reel.
1: Yeah, nice yeah. humility, Patrick. We see
2: through it. Can't blame him though. No, if I no, scored that no. in five aside, I'm, I'm I'm all over it.
1: Yeah, I mean, if I, if I chest it like that, I'd be happy. <laughs> Never mind the after. Yeah, great stuff. Brilliant moment. And uh, anyone who was there today to witness that, I'm very jealous because they would have been side on for that as well. They would have got a fantastic view of it. So brilliant stuff. And uh, anything else to pluck out before the final goal in that half? What
0: about Pirro? What do we think of him? I thought he didn't have a very I think you tell us,
1: Rocco. Oh, here we go. <laughs> He's already there. Well, yeah, I, think, I I didn't think he played well. The thing is, is when Bamford does that as well, you, you question it even more, don't you?
0: Yeah, I think he's going to, he's, well, I mean, he's behind Rutter and he's behind Bamford now, isn't he? I, I want to see him play at number nine, you know. I, I want to see him given that chance up front. I just don't think, I don't think he's a 10. I don't know. He's had some good games there and he's been part of a front four unit that's worked very well. Yeah, it's just, there's a load of times where I just think a, a natural attacking midfielder, number 10 type, would just be so much more useful. I heard I heard an interview. So Joe Wayman had a Norwich fan on his channel, and I can't remember now the name of the striker. But apparently, in that first season when Norwich won promotion ahead of us, he was playing a striker. Is it Steeperman? Is that is that right? I think Steerman. he was playing behind. I don't know, but like a, apparently, like a languid languid number nine was playing in the number ten role for Norwich. So for some reason, he he likes that. Obviously, but.
2: Yeah, I don't know.
0: I'm, I'm, I'm not sold. If no, we go I, up,
2: I made my 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 feelings on this very clear after at a Coventry game, and and if even after the Norwich game. Ironically, he's not a number ten. He played one decent ball, it through to Fearpo today early on, first fifteen minutes. But he's just, he's just not a number ten. Like he's he's a goal scorer. Let him score some goals. Let him play a little bit higher up the pitch and be in the box. Yeah, it's not, it's not. I'm not going to go into a game, but it's not working for me.
1: Router at ten against Birmingham told you everything you need to know, doesn't it? So uh, well, we'll see. We'll see what happens. I won't be surprised if we carry on with a Router at ten, Bamford at nine, especially after that goal today. We'll see. And uh, yes, I thought uh, Jade Nance. Did you want to mention him at all? No. Good. He was he all right. well. Yeah, he was, he was, he was all, all, all right. All right wasn't
2: he? He looked good. Yeah, probably one of his better games.
1: Yeah.
0: The thing is, uh, this is a problem when they're coming in, and especially when they're playing league one opposition and. Know, yeah. You I'm holding them to height. Like I'm expecting them to like tear the fullback to shreds. But I mean, you know, it's football. It's still, you know, it's not that easy, is it? And especially when you're coming in for one game and the pressure's on you to deliver. You know, maybe at times he was trying a bit too hard with his cutting inside and shooting. But you know, he's obviously got that in his in his locker. So yeah, I'm not going to write him off. But yeah, I don't, he didn't he didn't he didn't give Farker any headaches. Let's say. So uh, third goal, Ampadu again.
2: From um, a corner. And who took the corner? Dan
0: James. Dan James corner. Dan
2: James appreciates uh, <laughs> it. Yeah, we well, was was what, what a corner though. Like, that is
0: magnificent. Yeah. Like, swung, it swung in at pace like that, dipping as well, like, perfectly onto his head. Couldn't miss, really. It was, it was brilliant. So happy for James. Like,
2: what a player. Turned it around. He's just, he's delivering every single week. Not just corners. But he's, de- he's, de- yeah. he's literally delivering every <laughs> single week. He's brilliant. He's absolutely brilliant. A cameo today and he ends up getting an assist for a guy who scored one goal before today in his entire career. What is it with the FA Cup and unlikely goal scorers? I mean, that's, that's got to be the most unlikely goal scorer since Gaetano Berard. I thought you were going to say since Bamford. It's like a bit harsh, Dara. I quite like Paddy, you I do.
1: I like him. Yeah. So, great, great day, great victory. It's a shame we're not recording at the same time as the draw. I think that's actually tomorrow night, Monday night. So, it'll be interesting to see well, let's be honest, we're going to get Arsenal away, aren't we? That's usually what happens. Oh, did they lose? 2-0. <laughs> yeah, oh, all, right. all right, well, there yeah. we go. We're not going to get Arsenal saw, away then. I
0: saw someone on Twitter say, we'll get home, type it, it'll be Man City. I just give us absolutely no chance anyway. Yeah. I don't know who I
2: want, really. Maidstone? I wouldn't mind Wrexham, just because I want to be e. on a documentary, because I like watching, I like watching <laughs> that documentary. I wouldn't mind being on that next season. But they're moving the Norwich game, I think, I think that's the most likely to be moved because we won today. Yeah. I was thinking of coming over for that actually. So I'm glad I didn't book me tickets But uh, I shall rearrange my nights or days in Leeds for that.
0: See what happens, Matt, if we do get a home tie.
2: Score yeah. home. Get nice yourself
0: something. over. Although yeah. you, like, it could be any point between Thursday and Tuesday, is it? <laughs> Play like all, basically FA Cup spans a whole week now.
1: You could worry yeah. about Dara. just stay over here. It'll be fine. Yeah.
2: No problem. No problem. No, it would happily come to an FA Cup game. be great.
1: Another match. Dara, I'm
2: giving it I to uh, Ram I Bamford. <laughs> it has to be Pat. It has to be Pat. It has to be. A goal and assist and possibly the best goal he's ever got to score in his career. So yeah, it has to be Pat Bamford for me.
0: I'm going to go with Ampadu. Outshining Bamford with two goals. Two goals and an assist. And I actually thought he did really well at centre-back and not that he did a lot of defending, but there was a couple of important blocks and just the way he dictated the game, I thought he looks, he just looks class
1: because he is. I'm a bit torn here. I can't give it on a, on a moment, even though as much as I want to give it to Bamford, I really do, but I think it's got to be Ampadu, hasn't it? I think he had a, a great all-round game and it's good to see that he can slot into that position and he's a versatile player. I, I winced when he banged his ankle. I thought, oh no, here we go. It's like, this could be really bad for us in the coming weeks but thankfully he was alright so yeah for me it's Ampadu as well but I do kind of wish I could also give it to Bumford. maybe they can share it Do we? can we do share him we don't do sharing do we uh,
2: anyway it's a, it's a nice problem to have when you've got a couple of players mm. or or maybe even three <laughs> players because Archie Gray was fantastic yeah, yeah. as well like who, who you could say were equally man of the match you know? it's it's a, it's a really nice problem to have and particularly for Leeds in the FA Cup because it doesn't happen very often that we. <laughs> Have players who play well in the FA Cup
1: player ratings, Rocco. Are we? Are, well, we, al- are we also doing a recap as well? A re- yeah, yeah, we're going Yeah, we forgot
0: last week. We set it all up. Everyone must have been so excited for it, and then we didn't deliver. <laughs> on talking on the yeah the half year ratings, but I don't think we need to rate them today. I don't. I don't count FA Cup. I don't count cup ties. We didn't count. We didn't rate them for the League Cup. Do you want to rate them? I mean be a bit harsh from Bamford to, to rob him of a nice
2: score, but I don't know, it's what do you the,
1: think? The one week we give him an 11.
2: Is it? Uh, so, you rate them for Leeds, so I would just say eight across the board.
1: I, th- I think, yeah, let's not rate them. I agree with you, actually. It's a good point because we have based it on the league, really, haven't we? So yeah, let's yeah. do that. All well, right, maybe, okay, cool. Maybe worth okay.
2: mentioning a few other players, though. I thought Gruv was very good today. I, th- I know that, that my split is split opinion because a few people didn't think so, but I thought he was quite good today. I thought Shackleton, again, did. What Shackleton does, I think he's been really unfortunate not to start a game since October. He's not let us down once this season. Every time he's played, he's a solid 7 out of 10 every single time and nobody would have guessed that at the start of the season. And lovely to see Archie playing centre midfield and literally bossing it. Like he, he was getting forward quite a lot and I think if you listen to John Joyce, he'll always tell you that centre midfielders have to be behind the ball so that he can receive it in order to control a game. Obviously, it's, a, it's an instruction from Farker for him to be ahead of the ball. So he's not yet at that stage where he's controlling the game. But I, all I can see is a young kind of Iniesta, a young Xavi, even dare we say, Paul's goals. Like, he is unbelievable. And he looked so silky today in his natural position.
0: Yeah, I liked, I liked Groove as well. I thought he was quietly effective. I think that's the type of player he is. He's never going to stand out. But don't think he gave away the ball once. I can't remember him giving the ball away. And, you know, it was, was like... Like quick to a tackle, you know, winning possession. Thought he did well, yeah. For a for a yeah, so like an isolated appearance,
2: especially. Yeah, I thought he did well. I was happy with him. Did you just hear what John Newsom had to say about uh, Junior Firpo on uh, West Yorkshire Sports? Oh
0: God, no!
2: <laughs> he basically said he was he's lucky to be a professional footballer. <laughs> he said he's never seen anyone. Uh, I don't really want to misphrase him here or misquote him, but basically said he's never seen anyone as defensively unaware who doesn't sense danger and he's a very, very lucky boy to be where he is. That's not, well, okay, I stress pretty strong words but perhaps things I haven't taught myself over the yeah. last few years. You kind of look at, you know, there's probably a lot of players out there who've been really good physically and can control the ball and decent on the ball but probably don't sense danger and can't take managerial instruction and therefore haven't made it as professionals. So when you look at Junior but you do think yeah, you've, you've done quite well for yourself, mate. You've done really, really well for yourself to have been where you've been at Barcelona and Leeds in the Premier League.
0: That's the thing with Virpo. Like, when he has had a little few runner games, you know, he has shown quality and obviously came on last week and showed great quality going forward. But he's always, he's just like, defensively, you, you either can do it or you can't. You know, I, I don't think sensing danger is a form or confidence thing. You're either, you know, it's an eight, isn't it? You either got it or you don't. And I don't even know how you teach it. Yeah. And I mean, bloody hell, he got us moved to Barcelona. So yeah, I think he's definitely a lucky boy. I think we can all agree with that. Ratings, Rocco. So yeah, so we're at the halfway stage and it's quite interesting, really. So yeah, basically our ratings. So I sort of, I base the ratings on like football manager. Sorry to be a bit of a geek, but like on football manager, if anything, if your player is below a seven, you're not particularly happy with them and yeah we've got 10 outfield players who are seven and above which is pretty good and the rest of them are below seven so yeah it sort of sort of shows you that have we really got the strongest squad in the league if yeah the ones that aren't playing are all underperforming because also we don't even rate substitutes so it's not like the five minute cameos dragging them down but yeah, shall we shall I start from the top and uh, work my way down?
1: Yeah, maybe. You, uh, can,
0: you can butt in and say stuff. <laughs> maybe we're just harsh, Rocco. Our ratings, maybe they're actually higher. No, we get it spot on every week. <laughs> <laughs> so the out and out player of the year so far is Somerville,
1: 7.6, which is an excellent score. Rodon is slightly behind him at 7.5. On Somerville? What were our ratings? What did we think he was going to be at the start of the season? Yeah,
0: well, I had him down as a 7, and you had him down 7.2. So
2: he's surprised us both
1: there. Yeah, I'm annoyed I didn't have him as an 8.
2: It's sad you just never asked me, because I said 7.6. There
1: you go. Just come in now with your predictions, (laughs) Dara. Yeah, whatever
2: Rocco says now is what what I've said. (laughs) 2020.
0: Third in the list, quite interesting. Rutter has worked his way up there, 7.4. And Glenn Kamara, 7.4, which is very good, really, because he did have a bit of a slow start. And then you've got Ampedor on 7.3, Daniel James, 7.2, and Strauch, 7.2. Come on, Rocco, and how am I doing against these? That's all I want
1: to (laughs) know. How badly or how good have I predicted?
0: The thing is, so, well, I'm close. Overall, I'm closer. Oh, I'm winning by one, one point. Yeah, but, but actually you're winning really because you had like a ridiculous, you, you put Ampadu as a, a nine. So, so if you'd have <laughs> just put him as an eight, we'd be level. And if you'd have done like 7.5, you'd be, you'd be winning. So yeah, Ampadu is a difference for you. I think he's going to screw you over. I got beer um, goggles be, from watching him in pre-season, I think. But yeah, like Rutter, we, you had 6-7, I had 6-8. So obviously he's absolutely pissing on our poor expectations. Dan James, you, got, you had him at 7.5 and I had him at 7. I'm surprised he even went as high as 7, to be honest. So yeah, you're, I think you're going to win the Dan James one, that's for sure. The rest were pretty similar. Funnily enough, yeah, Charlie's got a 7 out of 10 for his one appearance. So he's, he's doing quite well. Archie is only 7 out of 10 on his average. 7.0 which is a bit predict? surprising. Seven point four for you, and I said seven point one.
2: Mm-hmm. So
0: he's, he's actually underperforming, but obviously he's playing right back every week, isn't he so
1: there's been a few say, times actually,
2: where he's he's of position, and he's, and he's he has got roasted a couple of times, which would have dragged his his overall score down. Yeah. Just realised
1: that I need to not even look at the what's happening in a game and just vote so I win this. Don't I? that's like I don't know why I'd not thought of that up until this point. That's why well, out of the spirit of things, What happens? disgusted actually, in you. Actually, what happens if you win or I win? Like, what do we get? Do we get a prize or is it a forfeit for the loser? So we take one another out for lunch or breakfast with Dara. He gets a free lunch.
0: <laughs> that sounds good. I was going to say the loser has to present next season.
1: <laughs> well, yeah.
0: All right. You could do that anyway. So, yeah, and then we'll run down the players who are, who are letting us down, letting the team down. Paddy. Paddy is actually the 12th best player now, 6.8. Shaq's got 6.7. six 6.7. Ailing, 6.6. Nyonto, 6.6. Six. It's a massive disappointment. I, I had Nyonto at 7.5. You had him at 7.2. So, 6.6 is terrible, really. Anthony, 6.6. Peru, 6.5 goals pretty poor for a 10 million pound player i had him mm. at 7 out of 10 you had him at 6 out of 10 which is another very
1: strange one why did you go for 6 out of 10 for Piru? cuz uh, i'm a, a tactical genius i knew i knew exactly <laughs> i knew exactly how Farker was going to play this i knew it wasn't going to work rocker <laughs> no, no idea jed spence
0: is almost propping up the lot to be fair 6.4 so good riddance to him Liam Cooper, 6.4. I had him at mm-hmm. 7.3. I had him as one of my players of the season. I had Ailing at 7.2 as well. So yeah, not doing well. The old guard. Burpo, 6.3. You had him at 6.2. I had him at 6.5. And then you come on to Darlow, 6 out of 10. Gruve 6. Perveda 6. Joffe 5.7. But I think he's mm-hmm. probably only played about, he's only probably had two ratings. And then Leo Hjelda propping up the lot, 25th in the table with 5 out of 10.
2: Although, can I remind you that he's only propping up the lot because Cody Drama was taken off the list. That's true. Because he he deleted us off his Instagram, so we deleted him off our player ratings.
0: Exactly. (laughs) We should have left him there, shouldn't we, really, on that 1 out of 10. Just embarrassing.
2: (laughs) Can I make a prediction, actually? This could be a complete waste of breath because if anything moves very soon, when Ailing played at the start of the season and he kept getting caught up the field and was struggling to get back, that was when we had that system that had the right back right up in the top right corner of the pitch, which seems to be completely dropped now. Like you, you, you never see Gray up that high. Spence was never up that high. If he stays for the rest of the season, I think he'll improve on what he's doing on, on that rating because he's playing in a more natural kind of back four formation as opposed to that crazy system that just had him. Push right high up into the right wing, and then obviously he was struggling to get back. So if he stays are back in Luke to uh, increase that rating, maybe it was the system. Maybe it was him going, <laughs> going crazy. <laughs> well, that's what I was going to say. Actually, on
1: the other side of maybe that's Firpo. What he's doing? He's just ignored all instructions. He's just
2: going <laughs> up top. Bless him. Maybe he just doesn't have the capacity to take in the instructions in the first yeah, place. Yeah. Just yeah, run around like a like a puppy.
1: Yeah, that's it. Cool. All right. Well, that's good. I reckon yeah. I might beat you on this, Rocco. Got a feeling. You think? Yeah. Well,
0: you've that. played the gap quite a lot. You're, you're, yeah. You're, like people like James is, is yeah, that's where you're key. Key to your success is giving James nine out of ten
1: every week. Noted. Cool. All right. So, yeah. And one thing we wanted to touch on, Dara, it was in your notes as well on, on Howard Wilkinson receiving his OBE, which is a tremendous thing that is fully deserved and he should have a statue. Like, why doesn't he have a statue at Ellen Road?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I was only thinking of this during the week. I think the younger generation, and I mean younger by only a few years than us, I mean, we are in our very early 40s, they wouldn't understand how good Wilco was. I mean, everything we have right now is a legacy of Wilco. Every single thing we have. The O'Leary years were an unbelievable legacy of Wilco because he built Thor Arch. He still had a 10-year plan for players to come through. And I'm actually reading Rocco's book at the moment, The O'Leary Years, and it's a fantastic read, recommend it to anybody. But I'm on the chapter, just beyond the chapter, where Alan Smith has come on and scored his first goal, which was exactly 10 years after Wilco came in and started the 10-year plan. And had he still been there, he'd have had the fruits of that team. People, t- people say we played long ball under Wilco. Now, I was, I was young. I was maybe 9, 10, 11 when he first came in. Well, 9 or 10 when he first came in. We never played long ball. We played long passes because when you had Mel Sterling and Tony Dorigo and Gary McAllister, Batty and Strachan and Speed, you could play 60-yard balls, pinging them to people's feet or pinging them onto Chapman's head for flick-ons and and touchdowns. What Wilco did at Leeds should never be underestimated. He is an absolute legend of the club. Legend of England as well for what he's done at at, uh, St. George's Park, which ironically my friend actually managed St. George's Park for, for ages. She's with the PGMOL now, so we won't mention that. But yeah, I think he absolutely deserves a statue. And in fact, there's probably another one that when he gets his OBE, maybe we should do a whole, a whole show and we'll go because I think it's important that he gets his place in the pantheon of people who have really contributed to Leeds. So at the moment, I just feel he's probably not getting that as much as he absolutely should because what a team he built. And barring one poor season where we finished 17th and, and, and I think we only won we didn't win a game away from home at all after we won the league. And I lost one game at home, actually, which was a 4-1 defeat to Nottingham Forest, which I went to. That's, he, he, most of our finishes were top half of the Premier League. And that's based on a, a budget that had far, it's far uh, inferior to some of the bigger clubs. So, no, we'll go just top, top man. I'm delighted to see that King Charles made it his absolute first priority to give him an OBE the minute he got into that, uh, that Royal Seat.
0: There's a, there's a lovely book about the championship winning season and uh, so like I, I just started supporting Leeds sort of halfway through that season and so yeah it wasn't really like my my knowledge of Wilco was the after years where it all started to go wrong but even then like you say you know finished fifth twice you know it was always like even when we're finishing fifth like I think people were still a bit on his back really or you know, it just wasn't as exciting as it was. It was a drop. We, we had been champions. So, of course, people aren't going to be fully satisfied. But reading that book, you know, it's got quotes of him after every match and like listening, or not listening, but reading his words. It's like, it's like reading Bielsa's words. Like it's exactly what Bielsa would say each time. It's, it was like, it was amazing, actually. And I always knew he was an incredible manager. And yeah, just the fact that he's the last Englishman to win the league as well. Fully deserves to be honoured nationally. But yeah, it's got to have some Leeds at some point. More than a bar. <laughs> and I think it's the Away fans bar as well now, isn't it? Anyway.
1: <laughs> yeah. I went to see the, do you want to win? You know, the film from that era. You're on the red uh, carpet. Is it every everyman cinema? And I managed to get in Leeds when on that opening night or that it was like a premiere, and I managed to get a ticket for it. I bought it and uh, it was amazing. It was great. Berardi was sat on our row and I kept like looking looking down the row and at the time I thought that was amazing because it was like Berardi is the only current player who has has come out to watch this film to try and understand the city and understand Leeds and understand its history and I absolutely loved that but as we were leaving uh, Howard Wilkinson was there and he was sort of bombing out because he just didn't want any attention he was just like quickly getting out whereas other people were sort of schmoozing around that kind of thing and I managed to call him and get a photo with him and uh, so I've got that to cherish for forever now and uh, yeah I'm grateful for like you say what amazing history is given to this club i was a little bit too young to kind of remember those days but equally like you say everything that is here now that we have to be thankful for is a lot of it is down to howard wilkinson so yeah it's great stuff and yeah i think we definitely should do a, a deep dive into sergeant wilker when we can
2: if you even you look at torp arch just very brief you look at torp arch you look at st george's park they're both based on Claire Fontaine over in, in in France, and he's not the first person to do that. There's, a, there's the Olympic Village over in France is called Insep, and many a country, including Ireland, has actually tried to copy Insep as a as a concept, as that, basically a performance and a uh, centre of excellence. But he was the first one to bring that to the UK, or to bring it to England. He obviously replicated it at Torbarch, and, and then again at a bigger scale at St George's Park. He's an absolute innovator. The thing that really drives me mad is when people say his football was dour and it was, it was all long ball. It absolutely was not. Wilco, Wilco was unbelievable. The only thing, the only thing, the only bad mark against him was that one season after we won the league. And what we have to remember from that one season is that was the, the season that the back pass rule changed. And I think Chris White really struggled with that. And after being one of the best centre-backs in the, in the league, as we won it, there was no reason for Wilco to try and bomb him out. But he, was, he really struggled with the fact that you couldn't pass it back to the goalkeeper. Fairclough obviously had no issues with it another Rolls-Royce of a player. But even just those names just roll off the tongue. The players he brought in. Yeah, I'd love to, I'd love to do a deep dive into Wilco. I absolutely love the man. So he was there when I was completely obsessed with football. That kind of 11 till 14 years of age type thing. And I know he was there for eight years. He, fantastic, fantastic.
1: There's quite an interesting book, actually, just, you just, jogged my memory, I think it's Michael Cox, I can't remember the title of it, and it was about the early years of the Premier League, and that back pass rule was mentioned in there, and how many sort of English or British goalkeepers there were in the Premier League at the time, and it sparked like an influx of foreign keepers, because they were much better at passing the ball out than we were just sort of hoofing up the field, so interesting read. Yeah, great stuff. Anything else to cover off before we just quickly touch? on Cardiff next game at home sorry away
2: i might very briefly just like to wish sticks a very happy return to Leeds i believe he's he's taken up a new role as an ambassador to the club and he's doing the stadium tours so great to see sticks back at the club a, a, a real salt of the earth gentleman and a proper proper Leeds man who should never have been allowed to leave the club in the first place great to see him back congratulations to sticks yeah uh-huh. it's good
1: It is good news. I did see that on Twitter, so thanks for reminding us, actually. And, uh, yeah, really positive. I saw some people, like, taking a picture over the shoulder of him behind them, like, sneaky little photos that sort of keeps his back. Yeah, really good. Positive person to be around. Part of the fabric of Ellen Road, so, yeah, really happy.
2: And Bielsa loved him, so if Bielsa trusts him, that's good for me.
1: Yeah, exactly. Although, Bielsa did turn up at your door, Rocco, and said nice things to you, so. Exactly. (laughs) Found me with Sticks. Good stuff, yeah, Cardiff, Cardiff away. It wasn't an easy game, the home, when we played them at home. Aaron Ramsey, I sort of forgot that he was playing for them, but it's, a, it's always a funny one. Like I've, I've been to Cardiff away, I was on holiday down that way and I decided to go, Got managed to get a ticket in the way and it was miserable. It was that game where Cooper got sent off. Did we lose 3-0? I think we lost 3-0, didn't we? Remember, That's mate. Click. It was a, the Click game. Click's yeah. only appearance. Yeah, shipped, bo- shipped out after that, wasn't he? Which was crazy. And then that, I stupidly got an away ticket for Sheffield Wednesday the following weekend and we lost three and <laughs> all like that as well. It was the downfall of Thomas Christensen. So I've got bad memories. But there has been some good memories of Cardiff over the years. Pablo's in-swinging goal seems to be a mm. a good, positive one. We lost Rocco. That's
2: it. We lost Rocco. I'll fill the airwaves. So, yeah. Okay. I I always find that we, we, we tend to lose to Cardiff. That's what that's that's what kills me. Mm. I mean my overriding memory of Cardiff is actually Millennium Stadium against Wafford. So that's that's what I, I don't like to I don't like to remember, but I'm always a bit nervous going into games against Cardiff. I keep thinking back to Ninian Park and that FA Cup game that, that kinda of sent O'Leary's team into a spiral. So yeah, I'm always a bit weary. Cardiff away is one of those ones that if we can come away with a draw, I I'll I'd probably be happy enough.
1: Cardiff in the cup last year, and we seemed to make a meal of that as well, didn't we?
2: We did, but then in the in the home fixture, we made bits of them. And actually, interesting when you mentioned Cardiff in the cup, wasn't it Sonny Perkins who got the mm-hmm. the, the leveler in the ninety third minute or so. Yep. And obviously, he's back this week from a, a poor loan spell at Oxford. So I'm not sure if that's great for Perkins or not, but it might be it might be okay for us if he if he continues to score for doing twenty ones. But as I say, Cardiff away, tricky away fixture for me.
0: I think we have to win. We have to win because we can't afford another away slip-up. Um, and even though we've won away today, that's not going to count. If we yeah, if we slip up at Cardiff, it's going to be a disaster. And Bamford has to score. Otherwise, today's goal is just completely wiped out. I've also <laughs> got bad memories at Cardiff. I was at the Cup tie, but I won't go into that because that would be a spoiler for Dara. He's got that to come in my O'Leary Years book, so I won't talk about that. That's it. That was a bad one, bad day at the office. I did
1: just, okay. I did
2: just mention that actually. Croco, f- f-
1: like I don't want to s- switch from us talking about football to plug in your book, but you've obviously just done that. Did you say after Christmas New Year we were going to do an offer? Uh, uh, yeah, one of your-
0: yeah, we'll. What did we say we were going to do? I don't know. Yeah, we'll. <laughs> I'll come that up was with so some well there. rehearsed. Yeah, there'll be an offer on the on the O'Leary book and uh, League One lead, uh, which is my my personal favourite because it's got okay. loads of stuff from the players in, so you don't just have to read my crap so yeah we'll do
1: an offer on that great yeah have a look at leads and you just reminded me actually Rocco Jermaine Beckford spoke to you for for that book and uh, obviously January 3rd remember the date we beat the team that way really hate, has just passed. And uh, Jermaine Beckford, oh, you spoke no. to him, what did he we say? had a lovely... You don't have to say it verbatim. It. Well,
0: he said <laughs> absolutely loads. I mean, like Beckford, I spoke to him for like two hours for that book. It was absolutely amazing. And yeah, he said, uh, well, it was a miscontrol, as we all know. He, he got caught in two minds, whether to take it with his uh, instep of his left foot or on his right knee. And he took it on his right knee and... Yeah, so sort of skidded off, but it was, ended up being perfect because he gave him a few extra yards to sprint away from Wes Brown and then he cut it back and he thought it was going wide and he thought he'd messed it up, but it nestled in the corner and it doesn't get better than that for a Leeds United number nine, as Clyde Tilsley said, and he said it didn't and it was goosebumps then and it's goosebumps now. Bless him.
1: Cool. So yeah, you can read the, the full quote in Rocco's book <laughs> or just look on his Twitter timeline because he's, he's <laughs> giving it away for free.
2: And I actually yeah. I have to give a plug here because I'm in the middle of reading the uh, the O'Leary years, and I bought I bought the two Bielsa books from my brothers, and I have to say I'm loving every minute of it. The chapters are nice and short; it's like a couple of pages per game. You, the the imagery in it, that you the words that you put out there to make you conjure up what you what you saw as a kid. It's they're brilliant books; they're absolutely brilliant books, and I'd highly recommend it. And books are a great present as well because, like, yeah, anyone can go and buy you a voucher for something, but like. Give someone a book as a present. It's like, ah, oh, cool. And it's something that people read. So get out there, and get, get, get Rockwell's books because they are brilliant.
1: Despite what you think, Dara is not on commission. This is all genuine. I am certainly
2: not. No <laughs> I'm <commission>. blushing. <laughs> Good stuff. But he's the
1: typical Yorkshireman, doesn't know what to say, puts his head down. stuff. Well, uh, yeah, Dara, thanks ever so much for coming on again. It's always an absolute pleasure to have you on. So thank you. Thank you, gentlemen. Always a pleasure for me too. And uh, yeah, we'll see you shortly after the Cardiff game. Let's hope we can get an away win. We probably won't be wearing our own away kit, so we might. (laughs) We'll see you then anyway. Cheers. Plus Network.